This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 10th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. It's not yet fully fleshed out, but former Florida Governor Jeb Bush has unveiled a portion of his plans for changing federal taxation. It includes a swift end to taxing profits earned overseas and changes to how the feds would treat interest on debt and capital for business. Dan Mitchell, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, says many provisions would substantially improve our current tax code. It's by and large a very positive plan. What are the key things that we want from tax reform? We want lower tax rates. We want less double taxation. We want fewer distorting and corrupt loopholes in the tax code. And in every one of those three big categories, progress is made. Now, is it a full Monty, Hall, Rabushka style flat tax, sort of the gold standard of tax reform? No, but uh, Marco Rubio's tax plan didn't meet that test. Rand Paul's tax plan didn't meet that test. But the good news is there seems to be a consensus. Everyone wants to move in the right direction. So, uh, one of his uh, talking points, I suppose, lower rates eliminate deductions. What do you make of the deductions that he would get rid of? The most positive thing is that he gets rid of the state and local tax deduction, uh, which is a huge tax preference that helps high tax states maintain unreasonable tax burdens because in effect, uh, they're, they're offloading some of that burden onto taxpayers elsewhere in the country. So if I was a state politician in New York or California or New Jersey or Illinois, I would be very worried about that thing. But if I was a taxpayer anyplace else in the country, I'd be pretty happy at the thought of that deduction disappearing. Uh, there are cutbacks and restrictions on uh, other deductions as well, uh, but he doesn't get rid of them. Uh, so it's a good start with the state and local tax deduction, but more could be done. How does this his tax plan change the mortgage interest deduction? That's a big popular piece of welfare for the middle class and, and upper classes. But how does this plan change that? Uh, there's a cap on the amount of, uh, of mortgage interest deduction uh, that, that a taxpayer can take. It would only affect uh, relatively wealthy people. So it's probably not a very meaningful uh, provision for the average voter out there. With corporate taxes, Bush would allow them to deduct capital expenses immediately rather than over years? What difference does that make? Well, there are several things that Bush does on the corporate side, and this is one of the more attractive features of his plan. First of all, he brings the rate down to 20 percent from 35 percent, which is very much needed since currently the United States has the highest corporate tax rate in the world. Uh, He also, as you point out, moves to what's called expensing instead of depreciation. And this refers to an arcane but nonetheless very important part of the tax code where if you're a business and you spend money to buy new plant and equipment, build a new factory, you would think that that's an expense. And you would think that when you calculate your profits, what are your profits? It's your total revenue minus your total expense. But your investment expenses, you're not allowed to recognize when you make them. Instead, you have to depreciate them, quote unquote, over a multi-year period. And this, in present value terms, dramatically increases the tax burden on new investment. Moving to expensing will create a neutral tax code that is much, much better for investment in the United States, which, of course, is very good for workers because it means more capital formation, higher productivity, which is the key to higher wages. And then, of course, one final thing in the uh, president's tax plan that's very attractive on the business side is that he moves to territorial taxation. And this means that instead of the IRS taxing American companies not only on the income they earn in the U.S., we also tax American companies on the income they earn overseas. 
But of course, those companies are already paying tax in every country where they're earning that income. So this extra layer of taxation, especially when combined with our high corporate tax rate, is really a giant millstone around the neck of American companies, which is why we see so many of what's called corporate inversions, where foreign companies will buy up American companies because, in effect, you create more value simply by changing where a company is domiciled to be outside the United States. Complaint uh, about Bush's tax plan, and although it may not be a complaint here, is that uh, his plan would get rid of a lot of interest deductions for corporations. What do you think of that? That's an ambiguous part of the plan, although one that I favor, and I'll, I'll walk through it. Uh, in theory, all corporate income should be taxed only one time. Well, what are the types of income that a corporation spins off? Well, it sends dividends to shareholders and it sends interest to bondholders. Now, under current law, dividend income is double taxed, once at the company level with the corporate income tax and then a second time with additional taxes at the individual level. Well, that's equity finance investment. Think of it that way. Well, the debt finance investment is what comes from bondholders. Well, under current law, Bondholders are taxed on the income they receive, but the company's allowed to deduct the interest they pay. So there's a bias in the tax code away from equity and toward debt, which of course is a very silly thing to do because when you have too much debt, that makes companies very vulnerable in a downturn. They might declare bankruptcy. They certainly take on more debt than would be prudent. Now, the right way to get rid of that inequity is to have both interest and dividends taxed only one time. And what Bush is doing is he's taxing them both two times, but at least he's using all the revenue that would be generated to finance the other parts of the tax plan that are good. So we would have a more equitable, neutral tax code for the financing sources of business investment, albeit they would be taxed two times, but at least the money would be used to lower the corporate tax rate to move to immediate expensing instead of depreciation. So it's, it's not a slam dunk good policy, but on net, I think it's a positive thing. What would it mean for the economy that more companies shifted away from debt financing and moved more toward equity financing? I think you would have stronger companies. Uh, debt is a very bad thing for households and businesses uh, if your debt levels are so high that when there's an economic downturn and all of a sudden your income flow isn't as good as you want, then all of a sudden you have trouble financing at least the interest payments on that debt. So I think having a level playing field between debt and equity is probably one of the unsung positive things of the Bush plan, even though, as I said before, he's not exactly doing it the way I would prefer him to do. But when you're talking about a tax reform plan that's also a big tax cut, obviously you can't do everything that you want, at least without dramatically reducing the size of government, which, oh, by the way, would be a good thing, but we have to probably do that in pieces. So what does this tax plan do overall to... Uh, the fiscal picture of the federal government? It depends on how you measure these things. The uh, economists who are associated with the Bush campaign say that over 10 years, you're talking a trillion dollars plus uh, in terms of a tax cut. Uh, the people who look at these things statically and who assume that taxes have no effect on the economy, kind of unrealistic, but that's the way they do it. They say the tax cut would be more than $3 trillion over 10 years. Interestingly, some of the economists who work with Bush also put out a document saying that you could, in effect, make everything add up 
if you simply reduce the growth rate of government spending by about one percentage point a year. And what they specifically say is have government only grow 3.2% a year instead of like 4.2% a year. So in effect, they're, they're endorsing a version of what I call the golden rule which is that the private sector should grow faster than the government. And I think it's very wise of them to focus on restraining the growth of government spending as a way of creating enough fiscal space to do good tax cuts and good tax reform. Dan Mitchell is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.